Wait for it. Wait for it. And we're live. Let's show that footage. Footage. Flutage. 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 I was trying to sound fancy in French and stuff, and it didn't work. Uh, the <laughs> new year me is not any funnier than the old year me. Uh, who knew, Slash? Who knew? You could at least pretend to be surprised, Nick. I saw I, I, me. I saw. You saw it with my own two eyes. I saw it with my own two eyes. All right. Hey, all you crazy sci-fi and fantasy fans. It's time for your daily dose of shenanigans over here at the Blasters and Blades podcast. Just a couple of nerdy veterans geeking out over our science fiction passions and fantastical fantasies. A place where magic is king, the sky is the limit, and space is the place. We are the podcast that puts the fun in dysfunction. So without further ado, we're diving into the reason you all came here to listen to us blabber and stuff but before we do that we're gonna let our guest mr john apple i mean apple introduce himself to our listeners and viewers hey everybody this is john apple uh penciler and inker of a little book called exodus z um officially working on page two or issue two i'll be drawing page two four tomorrow and uh um don't really know what else to say. Seclusion Studios on just about all the big uh, social media places. We will link to all of that, of course, in the show notes, people. You know the deal. You know the deal. You know the deal. Uh, and when he's not doing that, man, I'm stalking all over myself. I should not have had that fifth cup of coffee today. Um, <laughs> but hey, hey, hey. It's okay, though, because it's our affiliate program that was Coffee Brand Coffee. Yeah, yeah. They had some some killer Christmas deals, so I like stocked up on all the stuff. I I, I might even I'm go back and uh, all of it. <laughs> I'm just saying that one of my bosses gave me a Christmas bonus, and it all went to coffee. I went in with a box truck to load it all up. You know, I bought liquor <laughs> for my first apartment when I was living in Philly. That way, the company was going out of business because their license didn't get renewed. And the guy was like, I, I said, hey, do you take uh, credit? And he's, oh, no, it's our last day. We're, we're out. Like, a credit machine's down. I was like, well, you know, I can get to the bank. I just got to find it. He goes, oh, well, meet me when the business closes, and I'll hook you up. And I bought, oh, like, truckloads of booze, and I brought it back to my uh, thing. And the business super also worked for Pennsylvania Department of Transportation. And he was sitting there, and he asked where all that came from as he helped me unload it. I'm like, oh, it was a closing sale. And he goes, you bought it off the back of a truck, you jerk. I'm like, no, I didn't. The business was closing. He gave me a sale. And he goes, after business hours. And he only wanted cash. Yeah, right. <laughs> so apparently my liquor cabinet was stocked with stuff that fell off the back. Vinny Bergatelli, was that his name? It was Vinny, actually. But uh, it's Philadelphia, so that's to be expected. Yeah. Yeah. Vinny or I did not feel so guilty that I went back to check with the boss that he got credit. I just drank. Maybe I drank my good fortune that. and saved my money. Like all your, all your brother's names. It's only illegal if yeah. you get caught. So I wouldn't worry about and it. Then it get, and then it gets fun. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been long enough. I'm pretty sure statute of limitations covers me. Hey, a business transaction was made with an out-of-going business trying to get rid of inventory. That is about as American as baseball. There you go. If, and if there were no pictures, it never happened. So you're good. There you go. So, uh, when in doubt, I'm just going to hire uh, Lawyer Garber. It'll be like my cousin, cousin Vizzy, Vinny. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. See, I can't speak. The two youths. The two youths. <laughs> yeah, the youths. 
All right, so if you didn't guess by the title, we are here to review, dunk on, whatever you want to call it, the movie Rebel Moon, which uh, released in December. Uh, You've probably already seen all the hype about it. We decided, eh, it's worth checking out, and we'll see for ourselves, because we've been pleasantly surprised and disagreed with the uh, running commentary on things. Like, we didn't totally hate Ahsoka, and everyone else did. So we try to be more balanced here. So the uh, the movie we're reviewing... Uh, the description that Stabby was able to steal from the internet, I mean, borrow in her research. We are liberated. Steal. Right. When a liberated piece of... that info. And note to self like, chill on the coffee before the podcast. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <When> a... <laughs> you got any of those? I'm telling you, you got the stuff. Yeah. I got the money. Uh... I got the stuff. <laughs> when the a peaceful self. <laughs> when a peaceful self. Get this out. Let, let me get this out. And the other part of the problem is Jenna Brown, our lovely frequent guest, said all kinds of fudge, and I ate too much of it. It was delicious. <laughs> Screw my diet. I will, I will. what do you call it, fast tomorrow? It'll be glorious. We're, we're good. Oh, my God. So you're on coffee high and a sugar rush? Absolutely. It's fucking delicious. I'm going to have to send a J-dam that's just filled with sedatives. <laughs> John is like, what the did I just sign up for man? Is it too like taking mulligan? It's like a, like a six year old on a road trip with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, all right. So, get some- when, when a peaceful settlement on the edge of a distant moon itself finds itself threatened by the armies of a tyrannical ruling force, a mysterious stranger living among its villagers becomes the best hope for survival. Dun dun dun. Sounds like the plot to every 80s action movie ever. But the yeah. 80s had glorious fight scenes. They None did. of that slow-mo Ahsoka stuff. Well, yeah. yeah. And but that this was movie, not done digitally. They just moved slow. Yeah, this movie, though, it did have the um, the lightsabers. I mean, power plasma swords. I saw that, too. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. I've seen this before. Um, I know this. But movie. all right, so that... That is the uh, that is the movie. As you know, we're going to talk about the blurb, show you the trailer, talk about the characters, the plot, the world building, the cinematography, and then last but not least, we'll go over the movie poster and give our final opinions. So with that being said, let's do the summary. Are you ready for this, Stabby, since you did all the research for me? All right. So the title of the movie, and go. Okay, it's Rebel Moon. Part one, a child of fire. Thank you, Stabby. Man, your voice got deep this holiday. Was it all of the coffee? I think there's testosterone oh, in oh, it. Oh, she's telling you you've got her muted. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is the Riri Club today. Oh, my goodness. What did I get myself into? <laughs> so, who was the director, Stabby? Some guy. I don't freaking standing. And how much was the production cost? $90 million. And if you go to the Wikipedia page, they will say it's $166 million. But then it says something about the surveyor. And then I looked into it. They've actually factored in the second movie. So apparently that's already being made. And that was part of the $166. $90 million for this one. For the one we're yeah. talking about today. $90 million. All right. And how much did the movie cost for you, the viewers, to watch it at home? Three ninety nine. Wait, what? I just logged into Nick's Netflix. 
That's another free ninety nine. For me, I paid nineteen ninety five. So did I you just give my wife money every month, and she pays bills. I'm okay. too busy working to do it myself. So you got a secretary. I salute you, sir. <laughs> Don't tell her I said Keep that. Operations. She's gonna catch you. She's gonna stab me. It'll, first, she's gonna stab John for being friends with us, and then she'll stab all of us. Actually, I think she's used to it by now. We've been together like eight years. Yeah. Okay, then you might be okay. Nick, I don't need to surprise her anymore. Nick's been with her for a while, and she still stabs him. So it's like the honeymoon phase is still on. Well, okay. Jokes on you. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, so how long is this movie, Stabby? This movie is, hold on, I, I closed my notes. What? 134 what? minutes, JR. Wow, thank it's you, Stephanie. Two hours and 13 minutes. Oh, freaking standing. Uh, if she stabs you tonight, Nick, I apologize for nothing. Oh, you. Oh, just now, JR, we already have a whole game plan. If the world decides to not have internet or phone or power or anything after um upcoming events um <laughs> we're heading straight for you with all of the canned goods and and the bread and everything so then you have to deal with madam stabby as well oh shoot that was not <laughs> in the game plan yes surprise sucker um wasn't it like the kensington event or that solar storm in the 1800s that knocked out all of the Stuff. They're predicting another one of those. Nothing major. Yeah, you know, just if people start going after each other to steal the canned food, like, I don't need to do that because I've already got it in the jars. So, you know, we'll just there be able go. to hit the road. But then you have to deal with Stabby. That's okay. We'll, we'll go full road warrior and uh, declare ourselves warlords of Atropia. Yeah. Yes. So... Real quick, do the Marines have like fictional countries that they invade for training operations like the Army does? I haven't been there since 2003, so I, I don't know. Did they when you were in? I mean, I've been out of the Army since 07. Well, I suppose they do. Okay. They, I guess. They're not known for their creativity, though. So they probably just stole Army shit then. Imagination. Okay. It's written in crayon. <laughs> That actually was a joke. Jokes aside, like that started sometime well after I was already a civilian, because I don't remember that ever being a thing when I was in. It was all about the glue sniffers. Then they they were the cab guys, like you know the guy that sniffed the glue in kindergarten and then ate it. Probably the Air Force that made it up. They're jealous. Probably That's Chief Wiggum's kid, The Simpsons. <laughs> I'm in danger. I'm in danger. All right, all right, all right. So when was? When was this fine oh production God. released, Stabby? This fine production was released December 21st of 2023. Wow. According to the Wikipedia, it was December 15th, but that's cool. Um, it got released on the 21st early because all of their uh, production advertising stuff said December 22nd. Oh, it says December 15th, it was released in the U.S., and then tonight, the 21st was to Netflix. So presumably it was in theaters somewhere. Probably yeah, real in Denmark. That fits. All right, Probably so best. normally 
we would say ad copy, but there is no uh, there, there was no ad copy that we found. They just always linked to the trailer because they wanted you to look at all the shiny stuff. So, uh, Nick, do you want to throw that up for us? Oh, uh, like the trailer? Yeah, we're going to do that now. Yeah, I got you. We can do, we can, we do, do that. that now. Am I on screen? Am I ready? Yeah, ready? you're good. Here we go. When I found you in the wreckage of that ship, I considered leaving you. I was afraid you could bring trouble to us. What do you think they want? Everything. We're just farmers, we're not a threat. They won't just kill us, will they? You're delusional. You think those soldiers will show their mercy? Stop. We're gonna have to fight. Child of war. I find warriors to fight with us. We might stand a chance. We're searching for soldiers for a fight against the mother world. I could help you. For small fee, obviously. You might want to hold on. I'm here to make you an offer. Give you a chance at redemption. We are being <coughs> redemption. What about revenge? Yeah! This isn't just pursuit of revolution. I have found her. The most wanted fugitive in the known universe. Wow, Zack Snyder had his name up there a bunch of times. You so think you he know, wanted to make sure no. people knew he did it. Um, I might have not wanted my name on this one, but okay. All right, so that ad copy, since that's all we could find, uh, does that make you want to watch the movie? It did. Yeah. Like, I was well, super and all excited. The trash talking. This... Sorry. Oh, no. Like, I was super excited when this movie was announced. It was like, oh, this is going to be Zack Snyder's version of Star Wars. And after the last, you know, trilogy, I was like, oh, you couldn't do any worse. You know? So. Um, we'll get into that later, but uh, yeah, the, the trailer is the one that turned me on to it along with the, uh, the initial announcement that Zack Snyder was making a sci-fi epic 
Um, but the trailer was like, oh man, this, this actually looks pretty badass, you know, because he spares no expense on special effects and visuals. Yes. I I liked it. It definitely made me interested enough that I said, hey, let's do this movie review. So, John, other than we told you to be here and watch the movie, did, it, did the trailer make you uh, want to watch it? Between it was for me, it was a mixture between that and the trash talking I was seeing online, because you know people always blow things out of proportion. So at the very least, I wanted to see it for myself to make my own opinions. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of people that hated it before it even launched. You know, a lot of those people just hate life in general because they have to find something to complain about. Yeah, That's I don't know. They, they all get- have such sweet, sweet. That's how they get recognition online is by complaining about what other people have done. It, it's clickbait and it's Twitter and Twitter's cancer. So <laughs> X now X is cancer. It's something it's cancer. It's, it's kind of like my ex, I guess. Okay. Uh, we weren't going to go there, but you know, so what do you think? Who did you see as the main character in this one? Was it one person, or do you think it was an ensemble character for the main character? That was one person. I think it revolved around the um, that that main female, Cora. Cora. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name, but yeah, that is not a good sign. Well, I, I, I enjoyed the movie honestly. I did. I went into it with no preconceptions. So I, I watched winning it. clean, ladies and gentlemen. He went in clean and pure. Yeah, well, as I can be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I know I, I went into this with no opinions one way or the other. And uh, I it has its flaws, but overall I think I was entertained. I'd I'd watch it again. Yeah. So you thought Corin yeah. was the main character as well. I definitely thought she was the main character. Um, it's hard to tell if her acting was wooden or if the script was, was written, written, that way. written that way. Cause like, Oh, look at me. I'm the aloof fighter type, but it did seem like there were a lot of tropes in, in the script. I don't know if it was some of the actors I, I, I enjoyed. But at the same time, though, for me, the storyline seemed like it was a bunch of different ideas amalgamated together to make that instead of trying to take a unique approach. Yes. Yeah, I I said it was a movie with an identity crisis. Yeah, I didn't, I watched it. It didn't know what I wanted to be. You know, I watched it. I'm like, wait, is this a Warhammer movie? And then I did some looking because I, I try to go into them clean too. I try not to do more than whatever got us to the watch in the movie. I try not to do any research on them past that till I've watched it. But I'm like, this kind of feels like it, it's, you know, a family friendly version of like a Warhammer universe. So I, I did a quick Google and it was, nope, it, it wasn't even that. And then it wasn't even written to be Warhammer. You said it was what? Star Wars that was rejected or something? Yeah, it got rejected by, uh, by uh, Star Wars Disney. Um, and he said, fine, there wasn't enough pandering that. for them. Yeah. So Zack Snyder was like, uh, don't worry. I'm going to go out and make my own star Wars with blackjack and hookers. You know? I mean, I was careful. Okay. I got it. I'm there. I'm there. But yeah, so but it kind of, somebody out there listening is going to get it. I'm going to be vindicated. 
<laughs> so, so we agreed that Cora was the main character, and then everyone else was sort of the supporting cast. But what did you think of her as a character? Uh, she was stoic, you know. Yeah. Um, well, she was, leading that kind of lifestyle, I can see why she would be stoic. They. Yeah. They didn't make her a Mary Sue. They where suddenly she got this power. She could suddenly, you know, be Ray and, and crappy. Like she actually earned it through her hard life of, you know, watching her whole village get destroyed when she was nine to being abducted by the guy that did all of it. And then basically brainwashed Stockholm style into becoming the perfect little warrior um, yeah. because she tried to kill the guy that killed her, her family. Like she was willing to shoot him. Just the gun didn't work for reasons they never explained that was enough to show the fighting spirit so they kind of kidnapped her i assumed yeah. it was just out of ammunition or something i wasn't yeah. sure if it was that or if it was like kind of i don't know geotag to the one user only kind of deal which you sometimes see in sci-fi i can see that uh, the, like geotagging biotagging yeah biotagging there we go but uh and so like they showed her from a young age basically spending her entire adult life training to be this badass um, yeah, so, and she was really good at it too. She went through the academy, you know. I mean, some of those yeah, battlefields where it definitely felt like grim dark, like a snowy yeah. version of grim dark when they show those scenes. Yeah, and then like they they went Spartan on it, where they had to get paired up with a lover from their training, which is what Stabby was just saying. So you see her brief scene of emotionality where he dies and she's like suffering. Yeah. Well, at least he was clean, you know, like clean and shaven. Like the dude, I got hair all over the place. It's gross. <laughs> uh, Stabby, don't ask questions. You don't want answers to. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing research. It was really cold in Germany that summer. He was young and he needed the money. <laughs> $20. 20 mark is 20 mark, man. Although, to be fair, I, I, there's what I used to say for $20 now, now we need a cool hundred because my twenty ain't twenty in anymore. Yeah, it's all about hoflation. <laughs> so yeah, so we like the main character as written. I definitely think some of the woodenness. I think stoicism is probably a better word, and it fits uh, when you describe yeah. it that way. Um, I definitely think this. Um, for as much as it's going to sound like I bashed the movie for the rest, this felt like a movie that tried to do too much and it almost needed to be split into a bunch of different smaller stories. Like just the story of her, her childhood from murder of her planet for reasons to her being indoctrinated into the totally not Warhammer uh, Imperial army like that alone. The been, yeah. The Imperium of man. I mean the, yeah, whatever. Um, like I felt like that alone could have been a whole series of, of tales that, that could have been told. Like I'm looking at this almost like it's the outline of an actual universe with a huge scoping arc instead of one movie. It just felt like everything was rushed. I did like it, that it, the king was uh, Wesley from uh, Princess Bride. I did. Uh, I totally missed that. But he also wasn't a good guy because he's like, yeah, I'm totally doing all these evil things, but my kid will make it up in her life. She can be the hope. And I'm like, if you know the war is bad, why not stop now? Because reasons yeah. he didn't. Because it'll, it'll further the plot. Yeah, that, so that so, part didn't make any sense. But I, I definitely liked like, that they expanded her backstory 
so to speak. And I'm it not normal. Go ahead. It, it definitely felt like it should have been a series as opposed to like two um, standalone, well, not really standalone movies, but two movies. I didn't see the second one yet. I'm excited to see it. I mean, I know a lot of people hated on it, poo pooed all over this one, but like I'm. I'm like, I want to see where the story goes. I want to see how it finishes because I've, we've all seen movies and stories where it starts off kind of dull, kind of slow. Maybe you're, you know, you're, and then when it gets to that second act or that finishing act and you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. So yes, the universe was tropish. Yes. It felt like Warhammer slash Star Wars slash insert every other trope it borrowed from. John Carter, Harry Potter, Firefly. Magnificent Seven, uh, was yeah. it Seven Samurai? Seven Samurai, Battle Beyond the Stars, yeah. Star Wars. I mean, there was there's a lot of similar tropes that I don't know. Some people just kind of pick a handful of them and go for it instead of just throwing them all in the blender, you know. But it felt like the universe was rich, even if the storytelling for this one movie wasn't. I mean, right. if they did more with the universe and expanded it more, and like, there's a lot of room for growth. Visually, I thought it was it was pretty fascinating. Yeah, visually oh, I stunning. It's visually stunning. So, what did you guys think of the ensemble cast? I thought it was really good. Yeah, um, which is just like a baseline AR communication was good. No, um, no, each each member that they were bringing into it, um, you could tell that it had it. They had their own rich backstory. Hopefully they'll get into that, which would be awesome if they did like a prequel series or something like that. Because um, I do want to know more about this. I want to know more about this universe. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm going to get all my answers in two movies. Um, so everybody from the ensemble cast, it also was very predictable about who was going to do what and who was going to predict or who was going to betray someone. You know, it's like usually yeah. they throw an archetype in there. And it's like, oh, that guy would never do that. And then they throw an archetype in there where you're like, yeah, that guy would totally do that. And then they usually kind of flip the, the script a little. I'm like, oh, he didn't do that. That's weird for that archetype. No, it was predictable on, on many occasions. But the ensemble cast was cool. I think my favorite was Jimmy, um, voiced by Anthony Hopkins, you know, because he, this, when you watch it, Jimmy's this badass robot protecting warrior, you know, and then when the emperor died, they just all kind of went into being pacifists and then he lost his shit, you know, in the movie. And you're like, okay. And so you have this gentle regal like voice coming out of Anthony Hopkins. And then he's just wrecking shop. He is one of the few actors that I'll watch just about anything he's in. Oh, I even watch all of his drama stuff just so I can hear that velvety voice put me to sleep at night. <laughs> Yeah, that, but that was another one of the missed opportunities. Like the plot, like shows this robot that's kind of scary looking, and then oh, they don't fire at anybody as the uh, imperial forces take over the town after they murdered the leader. Right? Oops, spoiler. Yeah, I mean, I they they kind of explained it, you know, and then how he was treated by his fellow soldiers. But it just it, it set up something that they never really revisit until the end closing shot, where they've got him standing in a field with antlers for some reason glued to his head. Oh, because he's becoming one with the earth. Yeah, but it's like there was opportunities for that to be something, and it's almost like they, they I, set up all these things that they then walked away from. But we know there's a second movie that's getting released. It's so there's I have a feeling he's gonna be have a more prominent role in there. When I saw him, I was like, Oh, he's gonna jump on the ship with everybody else. And 
I was like you, Jr. I was like, oh, that's kind of a missed opportunity. But then I was like, oh wait, they're probably saving them for the the second movie. I hope so. Yeah, yeah I'll be disappointed Jack, if they don't. I, that, like Jack Snyder that is would be a miss. Like sometimes he nails it out of the park, and sometimes he swings and he misses. Yeah. Well, it's his first introduction into sci-fi, so I mean, I mean, he's done yeah. some amazing work in the past with different um, genres. But there were a lot of missed opportunities, like the general who, you know, betrayed when he wouldn't stand against with the people. When the imperial, when they basically assassinate the royal king uh, yeah. and his daughter, some of the people unified behind one side, because like whenever every king dies without an heir, you know, there's there's infighting. He sided with the memory of the dead guy instead of the usurpers, essentially. And right. then when he finally surrenders, they assassinate his entire squadron, fleet, whatever size yeah. unit. They never really say. So he's the general without an army, which is this is a standard trope. Like you've seen it before. And he comes back from the gladiator school or planet or whatever, where he's just, you know, fighting for whiskey money and doesn't really care if he lives or dies. Again, hell yeah. Trope, which is cool. I mean, it's these are tropes for a reason because when done well, they're good. They work. Yeah, they work. Well, I can't pronounce that popcorn. actor's name, but I'm interested to see what happens to the general character just because I like the actor. Yeah. I don't know if they named the general, did they? They just yeah, called him Titus. Titus. Titus, okay. General Titus, yeah. They all have very Roman names, and I knew I was onto something when I wrote that story for you, JR, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna make it a few I'm gonna make it future space Romans. I'm apparently I'm not the only guy that's had that idea. I thought that the uh that that village, the farm village, reminded me of like space Vikings. It did. Uh, even, even the motif, like I was thinking very yeah. Viking esque. I got a Northman movie vibe from that. Yeah, in like, the intro. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So, um, but so. Also known for his role in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. Star Who? Yeah, he was, uh, what was his name? Yeah, he was a lackey in that movie. He deserved more than that. Yeah, he got two movies. I mean, he was in Guardians, and then he was also in the Marvels, or Miss Marvel. Well, Captain wait, Marvel. No, Miss Marvel? no, Captain Marvel. He was in Captain Marvel, too. He was one of the Kree well, warriors. I try to forget that movie. But he was also... <laughs> yeah. Better than the Marvels. It's better than its sequel. <laughs> well, I, I won't go watch the Marvels, because I'm not going to waste that much money going to a theater. Fair. But yeah, so so Titus was also like he was a general without an army and then they never even used that skill set. So it's like they assembled uh, this team of people with tragic and or uh, secretive backstories and ability sets and then they didn't use any of them. Yet. I like the uh, the, the the brother and sister team that the, 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 the blood axes. Rebels. The blood axes, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm interested to see what happens with them too. Right. Well, just because so much of his crew has died, and then the, I guess the brother is dead now. So I want to see what the sister does as, in, as revenge. Yeah. Gonna need an Avenger. No, so, they, they brought in that good crew, like the um, like I was talking about archetypes. So you had the uh, the disgraced general, right? Uh, the the general without an army. That's why he probably didn't do too much. He's not thinking small unit tactics. He's thinking strategic level stuff you know um you had the smuggler you had the assassin or the ronin you know that there's a lot of that play into that he particular was cool archetype. too was a nemesis 
Yeah, that was her name, Nemesis. Yeah, she was pretty cool. You know, and the then scene uh, with the, the avenging yeah. mother, where the, her backstory they show a little bit is that her kid was killed by the Imperium, um, yeah. by the Empire. And so she's going off, killing off like important figures in the Empire. And not just them, she kills their entire bodyguard team, their entire family, like anyone in the building, people that might have looked at the building once. Like she was just going to town, uh, which was kind of cool because again, they they didn't make her a Mary Sue. Which, if you're gonna have a female Thank warrior, God. yeah, you've got to make it believable that they're they're doing it. And you don't have to be stronger than someone if you're sneaking up on them and stabbing them in their sleep. So, like well, you know, we all know, fighting doesn't always depend on on strength. True, but when you show the fight scenes in some of these wannabe action movies of modernity. And you've got this 70 pound, five foot female, like somehow body checking the 500 pounds, eight foot 10 freaking gargantuan dude. Yeah. Who's been fighting for an eon, but suddenly this slip of nothing who's never lifted a hammer in her life can suddenly beat his. Like, like uh, some of those fight scenes for Black Widow. Yeah. Throwing guys around the hallway like it's nothing. Like, come on. It's like she's 110 pounds soaking wet. I don't care how much momentum you got going when you wrap your legs around her there and start spinning around. You ain't going to toss some 280-pound fully kitted up operator. No. He's just going to lift you up and slam you into the ground like crackers. I mean, but I'm, you know, if she's if she wants single friends, we might know people. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but so that was I, I like the backstory. I like the interaction with that that spider on the mining planet. It's like you guys killed my kids because you polluted my planet uh, with your greed or whatever. And like so, she was kidnapping kids and and eating them. Essentially, I could yeah. see this as as a depending on who drew it. I could see this as a badass anime or even a comic book. Yeah, I could see novels in this world. Like I'm already seeing. Like several arcs, like there's room for so much. That's right. why I felt like this more more than a movie. This felt more like a universe prospectus than an actual yeah. movie because there's there was potential to do more and make oh, yeah. it your own. And, and the indie author movement has shown that you can take what started as an homage but doing it better or right. Like was it? Uh, there are people that so Christopher Rocchio did Dune. If you wrote it better. Uh, for some of the newer movies, uh, Jason Onspock and Nick Cole did the Galaxy's Edge, which was Star Wars, but the stormtroopers were badasses and get hit what they shot at. Like that is something the indie movement does. They take what was good ideas that were poorly executed by the traditional side of things and they fix it for all of the Uber fans. Like yeah. this, like it could have been that, but then they just, I don't know, it fell flat for me. That's a shame too, because I, I do feel like it's building up to something. I hope so. Uh, I'm gonna watch this one. Oh yeah, hands down. Because I I started it, so now I gotta finish it. So I gotta yeah, wait for that. And I will kick a puppy, man, if it's not good. I'll kick Zack Snyder's puppy if he's into puppies. But that guy's pretty swole too. I, I probably don't want to go fist to cups with him. Yeah. So. But I don't know. It's it, it's it's really. They're dependent on the second movie is what it felt like. They're dependent yeah. on the second movie to make the whole thing work. So one of the, the way they ended it, it's like you, you had no choice but to make a sequel. So one of the things I felt like was off, though, was when the um, when they have the initial fight scene where she goes to town on the guys that were going to um, um, have relations without the girl being willing, shall we say, YouTube friendly, of the, the girl in farm town. You can't say that word. Stop. 
Seriously, they'll say sell. grape. Oh, grapes. Yes, you can have grapes. They can make wine. Um, but so, like, that's not just us being coy, dear listener, dear viewer. Like, we're just YouTube. Trying not to get kicked off the tube. Yeah. yeah. But, like, when she's doing that fight scene and she just walks up and, like, oh, she's a deserter. How do they know that? Like, I did like the fight scene, though, because it looks more, it was more believable maneuvers that she did. Oh, absolutely. Instead, instead of doing flashy flashy stuff like the the Black Widow movie that we mentioned I could see Some someone act, I could see someone actually fighting the way she did yes using cover and concealment yeah moving from one strategic actual to tactics the other, yeah instead of just flashy movements and because they were in confined spaces her cover and concealment sometimes was the bad guy's bodies like let yeah, me pull you gotta do what you gotta I don't do, have man. a problem with that I don't either it, it's it's a viable tactic uh yeah, so instead of mean. shooting her they shot their buddy um it was so, but that fight scene did make me notice something else. And this is just the grunt in me, but like some of those weapons looked very unwieldy and not functional. Like they were boxy for no reason. They were made to look like something out of a Warhammer. Again, that's the vibe I was getting, but it, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Sometimes like in the bar fight, when she's shooting, it'll kill them if it hits them, but it hits a wooden table and somehow it does nothing and it doesn't go through. Well, they have react. Um, they're they got bullets like this now that, that are uh, reactive metals, you know. So it'll explode when it hits flesh, and if it hits something that's not flesh, it'll just it won't over penetrate or anything like that. But this felt like it was plasma bolts they were firing. Yeah, but they had to change the mags and yeah. stuff. You know, you, there's you mag exchanges done. Yeah, but are they changing the mags because they're they're batteries that ran out of power, or are they changing the mags because they've got actual yeah, rounds? That I don't know. I mean, it's something more than they did in Star Wars. Nobody changed a mag in Star Wars. Nobody hit anything in Star Wars either, though. Stormtroopers didn't hit anything. Chewbacca uh, was well, nailing shit with the blaster. The blaster although I will say, Star Wars did get one thing right on the when the Death Star was getting you know blown up, and they got the 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 stormtroopers walk up and they look around. Oh, just the drill, and they watch the bad guys walk across. Well, bad guys oh, yeah. them, walk across the stream. Just the drill, and they go back to business. That is the most E four thing I've ever seen. Well, and nobody ever noticed that uh, what they're talking about before that happens. They're talking about motorcycles, speeder bikes. Yeah. When that, when that scene starts off, it's like, yeah, so I just got this new EC-135, you know. And they're like, hey, what's that? Oh, nothing. Probably another drill. But they were they were Joe talking, you know. It was exactly. private. <laughs> so, I mean, they got some things right. But, like, so the weapons felt unwieldy and, and it just – you're going to have know, to the, explain that to me. The Imperium's uh, rifles that we saw there on that planet, uh, once they occupied it, um, those seemed more like Halo weapons, like something Master Chief would wield. Yeah, they but weren't again, big and bulky. But Yeah, but, but again, you know why. It's because they're energy weapons. And mm -hmm. what made them, like, if they were functional, is in, like, I can shoot you and it kills you, but then again, it hits a wooden table and it doesn't penetrate a half an inch of freaking wood, but it's supposed to penetrate your armor and kill you? I mean, come on. There was just some inconsistencies that I'm sure were just for show from a from a yeah. visual perspective, but they kind of knock the immersion out for me if I'm expecting this to be like a true military kind of gritty, grimdark story, right? I don't know. It seemed like it's the, a lot of... Wood. It, it acts differently. I, I a know. lot of that wood was splintering, though. Throughout that fight sequence, there's barely splintering going everywhere. To what it's like, but you shoot the guy, and suddenly he's dead in a one one punch. That that oh, was yeah, and it was just. And how come she can't hit center mass? No, Again. everyone was getting hit in the shoulder. Yes. 
head. Well, that one guy she shot in the head. That was cool. True, but he had it uh, coming. The other thing, oh, he had that coming. Nobody's freaking like they they land on the planet and they got the helmets and the space priests with their mumbo jumbo. They got the mm. face masks on, but when they yeah. every other scene, nobody's wearing helmets. I get to a point. They're actors who their bread and butter is their image. Right? right, so they want to be seen as this is I'm character one, two, three, and whatever. Like I get it, but from a military side, like I if I didn't wear my helmet and my squad leader could see me, I would expect to be eating dirt. Yes, and so copious amounts of it. Yeah, like they would be like stepping on me just to make sure I understood, kicking me in the head probably even. I was not dumb enough to try that. Right, like. So I'm watching that the inner sergeant and he's like, put your goddamn bucket on your helmet, whatever you're going to call it, but put it on. Yeah. Put your bucket on. So that, that was a, another one for me. Um, and then some of it, it just felt like physics were optional in some of these scenes. <laughs> like with some of what they were doing. And I'm like, okay, it's a different planet. It works differently. But like the trade depot, like none of that was making any sense to me. Like it felt like it wanted to be, the cloud city, but grittier, yeah. but it didn't really execute it correctly. Cause cloud city had when the movie came out already had books about it. And they explained like there was legit science in how that worked much like we would do if we were putting stuff in Venus, like it floated, whatever. This was yeah. just reasons. It was just floating for no reason. Yeah. Why, why are you floating? So no need for that. Space magic. Space, Space magic. magic. There you go. And then the robot scene. This is a little bit spoiler, but at the end, like, wait a minute, is this magic? Are they robots? Are they like, like, what's the deal with Francis? <laughs> we were like, there's a scene where he's kind of like putting these little attachments to him. Yeah, yeah I wondered what the heck was up with that. Was that some weird kinky stuff? An, like, an yeah, relationship with some interspecies something like, or how, how very Kirk kind of drug or what? Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, at least have like good looking humanoid aliens that you're going to be intimate with. Jeez. I remember watching that scene and thinking James Tiberius Kirk approves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, pitching well, his I nip. was trying to figure out if he was having an in- inappropriate relationship or if that was some kind of drug. Space and that's how it was administered. I, I couldn't figure it out. So, so you, yeah. Said- you the, said it was Star Wars met all these other properties I haven't read all of or watched. For me, this was very Dune meets, you know, Spice, Dune meets Warhammer. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we all saw other properties because they laid so heavily on those tropes. Yeah. But uh, the whole scene at the end with Francis and all of that, that was interesting. And then the minute they rode away from the, the Trade Depot planet, where the, the main fight scene at the end of the first movie happens. And they're like, oh, he's dead. We're good. I'm like, okay, I know at this point he's not dead. No, he's it's Ed it's Screen, like, you know? It's sort of like in the movies where you are you imitate your commander and everyone gets silent and they're like, oh, shit, they're behind me. It had that yeah. feel to it. Pretty funny, huh? <laughs> I mean, he had no sense of humor. He probably had it coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when I met him, when he was a colonel. Yeah, he still has no sense of humor. I believe it. I believe it. But eventually they will remove that stick from his backside and he'll be okay. Yeah, when he's dead during the autopsy. Or when they, like, retire him, maybe? Do they take it out when they send you off the pasture? No, he's one of those guys. He he played football for the University of Georgia. So, I mean, I think that stick is, like, permanently welded to his spine. 
through his, you know, fourth point of contact. So. Well, that's a shame. But yeah, so I, I feel like we've been all, we didn't really follow our own outline, much like they didn't follow an outline when they wrote this movie. Right. <laughs> so okay, we got to this point. All right, let's start filming shit. They, uh, Does so it that, make sense? Maybe. When, when we talk about the scene on that planet where you, where John mentioned that guy died, the blood axe guy died, um, and that's in the trailer, so no spoilers there, people. It almost was like, because they didn't set anything up, it was just thrown together the way they did. Like, oh, let me go here and there and everywhere to the grocery store of supervillains and collect people to join my team. Um, uh, the, the death had no value. Yes, that no was exactly what I was getting at. Well, the storyline in general seemed convenient at at points. Yes. So was there so, any specific moment that, that screamed, oh, this is just for convenience for you? Yeah, when Blood Axe died, I was like, this is dumb. You know, there's no reason. It like you the whole point of this movie is to assemble a team. It's it's a bug's life essentially set in space. You know, go the on. Grasshoppers are, the grasshoppers are coming back to get their their stuff. You know, their their um, their crop that they don't work for. You know, they're and then it'd be like you start killing off the the roly polies. You start killing off uh, the caterpillar. You know, it's like th- you went through all this, you know, trials and tribulations to assemble this team in two hours and fifteen minutes, and then within fifteen minutes, you knock off a lot of that team. You know, it tipped tipped the balance of hope the other way. And I don't know if that was done intentionally to kind of lead that carrot. It's like, okay, they got the team. They're they're going to go and go back to that planet and assemble an army and, you know, turn farmers into, you know, into warriors, you know, kind of like uh, so, you guys ever seen the, three, the ending of the three amigos, you know, that go back to that town and, you know, so like the wind. But uh, you knock out a lot of their key players and their key warriors. And now you're just kind of like, why the hell did you do that? Well, some of them seem like wasted potential too. It's like the uh, the dude with the uh, the one that looks like uh, J- Jason Momoa from uh, oh uh, the black the guy, the guy with the space griffin the the guy that wrote re- the, the hippogriff yeah yeah, yeah he he did nothing in that scene yeah he he looked like he, he showed he, up he later like hey we good Jason Momoa in Game of Thrones. But yeah. but the only thing he did was fly on that space griffin that was there yeah. for no apparent reason, and rock walk around with a shirt off. And then the the general that I liked, he hasn't really done a whole heck of a lot yet. Charlie Hunnam's character is like, yeah, I kind of assumed something like that would probably happen, and then they killed him off right away. And then and then the uh, the blood axe we're talking about. It's like, all right, well, they they're supposed to be building up to do this big, magnificent fight. Where was it? I mean, that was barely a skirmish that they actually got in. Right. I did like that the um, the Imperium. I, I don't know about Warhammer to get the titles right, but the guy that was in, you know, the admiral guy that's floating around doing his thing, like in a world where everything is, you know, elegant technology, he's just using a wooden stick to beat the crap out of each other. That looked yeah. like a uh, uh, hip socket. Is that, is that the yeah, one that it, the it looked Francis like a was femur. using? Yeah, the wooden stick. Yeah, yeah. I saw at the very end when I guess he was fighting Cora uh, at on that tower or whatever the heck it was, 
at the very the end of the movie. Thing. The space D thing. Yeah. yeah, whatever the heck that thing was. It looked like it was a, a hip hip socket. Yeah. Like it like the whole stick was a femur with the um, yeah. socket in there. I was like, yeah, that's okay. Now now I'm like, who has a femur like that? Why like, is there where, no story about where that? did this come from? <laughs> right. Normally when a character has something like that, there's a backstory to it. Yeah. It's that old writing adage uh, for playwrights. If you put a a gun above the fireplace, what is it, Tchaikovsky? It's called Chekhov's gun is what they refer to that. Chekhov's gun, yeah. So if there's a gun in there in the first act, it needs to be used by the end. Well, even in uh, uh, The Wolfman, the the last one came out with Benicio Del Toro. There was that that scene on the train – where he's talking to that old old gentleman that gave him the uh, the cane with the wolf on it. Yeah. Okay. It was a cool part of characterization storytelling that was in the story, but it was explained in the storyline. In this yeah. one, the villain just had this cool looking cane that was apparently someone's hip at, at one point. I think and someone probably people. was. Watching the uh, the British, the Royal Marines, they their NCOs like their platoon sergeants. What well, it's called a timing stick. Oh, it's swagger stick. A swagger stick. Um, so I think someone probably caught that. Like, you know, it'd be cool, but let's make it a femur. <laughs> you know, they, they had no intentions of explaining why the hell a femur is being used as a timing stick. So they did have the scene where he uses it to off the village, which was, I mean, at least they got their party the night before where they had to um, fornicate for the gods to ensure a good harvest, which, you know, good for them. Hey, I want to be in that village. Right. Rock out with What what religion is that? I don't know, but I mean, sign me up, I guess. Um, The village leader said, I got to. I got to bone down to get the harvest going. Let's do this. Right. So at least he got it with his wife. And then like her reaction to his death, the actress that played, she was a bit part in the movie, but like the, Oh hell no. As she runs at like her dying husband, like that was well acted. I was kind of impressed with that scene. No small parts, JR. She, she acted the hell out of that. She did. And then randomly they've got like a space laser whip that they killed her with. Yeah. I liked that yeah. scene because I thought that scene was good storytelling. It made Absolutely. you, it made you want to hate the villain. Oh yeah, he was very hateable. What I did notice is about that stick we were talking about. It was carried around by those priests on a yes. pillow. So obviously, it's something that is special and honored and significant. And so, you find out about the space, the priests, uh, when the masks get removed and yeah. later on, that leads you to believe. Maybe they were a fan of um, Terminator too. Yeah, I don't know. Like I just felt like so many good ideas that were jumbled together, but they were not assembled in a way that made greatness. What did that one reviewer say? It was a movie that was written by Chat GPT. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like it had good parts. Like I could see any individual one of those, and I could tell an amazing story. I can take this movie and make a compelling universe. But the individual execution of movie one as it stands alone was just kind of, eh. I mean, oh, okay, they tried. If it was a B movie, I'd be happy. But I happen to know they paid A movie quality names and, and, you know, money for, I guess, the the special effects, you know? Yeah, uh, this movie is a text. It should be a textbook of 
setting things up and then not following through with the execution. And, and it, it should have been a, like they took too big of a bite. Like there's no payoff. Yeah. You know what I mean, so this felt like every time you read a short story where it's like you read it and at the end you're like, I mean, I could see what they were doing and it was good, but they really needed to make it a whole novel. Like this felt like the opposite problem. They tried to take a novel and turn it into a short story. So it was. Yeah, like, it's a lot like some of the reviews I've had on some of my novelization stuff. It's like, well, it's good, but I didn't like the ending. I'm like, there was no ending. It left it open ended. He's like, yeah, that's my point. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> but, you got um, me, Stephen King, from it. You got me once again. I'm going to pull the poster off. Yeah, we can show that real quick. Okay, let me see if I can get a better version of it. All right. I got it. Give me just a second. I'm pulling it up on the screen now for Spike. Is that a figure? No, that's from the movie. Like, they're making movie figures on this already? No, I am. Um, I found a picture of the femur. I think oh, it's badass, okay. though. Dude looks like he needs some sun, seriously, though. So, you see, are you seeing it on the screen? Obviously, it is that. Um, that movie poster make you want to watch it? I mean, I, I think so. It looks like every other sci-fi movie with an ensemble with space cast Nazis. that's been epic. Yeah. Well, Nazi, and that's not Nazi even Nazis boy. yet. That's like still World War One's German uniforms. But I mean... Nazi, Nazi boy. I mean, oh, I said that a couple of times when they showed up. I'm like, I looked over at Stabby. I'm like, I did not see that coming. But it also has some very Russian USSR vibes. Yeah. Yeah, the red uh, tertiary colors, the the light uh, piping. Uh, got John Carter of Mars, Jason Momoa uh, right next to him. Jason Momoa's character from Stargate Atlantis. We got the Road Warrior Princess right next to her. Him. Yeah, you got Furiosa over there. Um, yeah, a knockoff Han Solo at the top. Yeah, um, but. Man, is it just me or does Charlie Hunnam always look like he hasn't had a bath in like three months? No, the uh, the lady with the, the lightsaber, she's a, uh, a Ronin Jedi, apparently. I, I don't know. I had to look very closely at her swords to tell that they, those were not uh, lightsabers. No, they just, they're like, like uh, hey, that's cool. Like, wait a minute. Like self-heating blades? I was assuming this kind of plasma type sword because I saw... I saw a spine on the back of the blade that the yeah. Yeah. fire or whatever could have come from. She reminded me of Katana. Yeah. Oh, from Suicide? Suicide Squad? Mm -hmm. And I don't know what this creature was at that bar, but I mean, felt like a wrong kind of movie. That's an yeah, it's like, like did the female priest from Hellraiser get in there? What's going on? Whoa. <laughs> um, Very SM. I do, I do think it was cool though that she, it was a female-led action movie. I did, but because she wasn't whiny or anything like that. No, no, no. They no. gave you a little bit of feminism without shoving it down your throat. That's how I. Like I don't it. know. I wouldn't even put it as feminism. Like just a strong character. Like yeah. regardless, it, if it was male or female, I think it was. It did give off Ellen Ripley vibes. You know, very Which strong like. character. Yeah, you know, a lot of people complain, you know, when we talk crap about the, star, the sequel saga of Star Wars with Rey is that, you know, yeah, she's a Mary Sue. She didn't earn that knowledge. But then I 
think about it, and neither did Luke. Luke didn't earn any of that. But I don't like happy-go-lucky female types. Well, hell, even in the male type. It's is like, he a femur? Is he a what? Look at his femur. Yeah, it looks like a femur. But, uh, no, like, I... Like, if you want the stoic creature, or creature, stoic person, you know, you, you want that archetype, you know, the, um, the, the soldier that's, you know, can't give up being a soldier, but still tries to be humanizing around civilian types, you know. Um, those are probably the best, strong um, female cast ones. Uh, I mean, even with the male ones. We, we overlook the male ones because we always expect them to be strong and stoic in that position. And women are supposed to be nurturers and things like that. So to see someone that has to go out of at a role, you know, at a societal role, you know, I think that's what makes them good. Not just because I forgot what I was saying with that. But as a female um, protagonist, you know, I man, she freaking nailed it. Wasn't she the same actress that played the, in the last Mummy movie? Yeah, yeah, she was the Mummy. Okay, I thought she looked familiar. Yeah. So, what do you think of she, the armor? great actress in the, in the background? What do you think of the armor that the totally not Warhammer soldiers are wearing? Okay, so I was getting Chronicles of Riddick shit here. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, like futuristic, uh, ar futuristic army gears, but with like kind of stuff that's supposed to, like, especially. It the, it, yeah, there was a scene where one of them was in some kind of a vehicle, and he was sitting in there in his full full battle rattle, and I'm like. That dude looks like he's he's in the army playing playing army games or something. Yeah, the Battle Force two thousand mods and all that. Yeah. All I'm saying is my German Shepherd would like to take a chunk out of his arm. Okay. <laughs> it looks like he's wearing the freaking the bike suit. It it also kind of looks like they're trying to make the Space armor look organic, like it's yeah. like it's flesh of some kind, and I don't know if that's part of their. The Imperium's philosophy. I don't know. We only get two movies, and they're they're not giving us a whole lot. I do like this. Some of the the art has very space western vibes, which I you know when yeah. done right, those can be like very Serenity. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of that. So, like I said, the uh, the moon being so close was like, wait, wait, how? Are, like, I started wondering how the gravity's going to work if they're that close yeah. to the, the other planet. Wearing a pilgrim hat. It looks like that on uh, De Detective D. Is old. That's Vampire Hunter D hat, dude. That's it. So I'm I knew I'd sure seen it before. Those hats in kindergarten. That's the anime I enjoyed. The old school shit. Oh yeah. See, she looks like Katana right there. Yeah, but she's got that like the head wrap. She kind of looks like a pirate. Like you could see. put Johnny Depp in this movie and give him a laser sword, and he it would probably fit. That's what I like about this world, is that it's uh, human. At the same time, though, I felt some of the backgrounds did look a little too much like Earth instead of alien landscapes that they were supposed to be. It reminds me of John Carter. Yeah. <coughs> Warlord of Mars. So Zack yeah, Snyder, so start making that one. Do it right, because the, they did it the first time. They advertised it poorly. It was had potential for more. I think it came up came against a uh, another big movie at the, at the box oh, yeah, so like the, the visuals were stunning 
There was mm -hmm. definitely, it felt like this movie had lots of potential in any given scene, but it just felt like when it came time to pull the trigger on excellence, it just, it rolled ones. Yeah. Crit zero, man. Yeah. Gently rub the goblin's back. The goblin is uncomfortable, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, like, I'll, I'll look at you this way, or I'll, I'll explain it this way. Okay, so if you go into this movie and you're a fan of costume and character design, you're going to love it. If you're going to go into this movie with, uh, and you're into cinematography, you're an up-and-coming filmmaker, or you have hopes and aspirations of being a filmmaker, this movie is, is beautifully shot. Um, if you're a VFX person, you're going to love this movie, you know, but if you're looking for dynamic storytelling, that's going to lead you on an adventure that keeps you interested other than the fact that they're hanging a sequel over your head, you're probably not going to enjoy it as much. Is it entertaining? Yeah. It's good for like, you know, a typical two hour movie that you not really need to focus on the plot, you know, and you just want to play on your phone and have something in the background and see some cool shit. You're going to love this movie. This was the yeah, perfect post-Christmas uh, holiday meal food coma. That's what this movie was ideal for. Yeah. Like on the couch and you can't move anywhere anyway because you had too much ham and grandma's eggnog and whatever you do at normal people's houses. Yeah, you're sitting on the couch. You're like trying not to fall asleep, you know, and you put this movie on because the, the story is going to be spoon-fed to you. There's, It's not uh, – But, yeah, I felt like – It's the, not Citizen Kane. You know, you don't have to think about shit. This one definitely felt like it was wasted or missed potential, missed opportunities was, was my overall, I think, assessment of the plot. I agree yeah. with you. The cinematography was excellent. Um, it was definitely riveting. The music in the background, I mean, I, I couldn't picture or excuse me, I couldn't identify any one song, but like it was definitely set the mood, which is really yeah, the what score, you want. The, the score was really good. It was really good. I mean, it was no, you know, uh, last of the Mohicans level of awesome, but it was good. It could be if Tarak, you know, you gave him that uh, that rifle axe and have him just go thumping Imperials with it. That would have been cool. Or let them eat some of Janet Brown's uh, delicious fudge. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, you know what? That's what this movie is. It's, it's junk food for the eyes. That's it. Yep. And the mind. And, and the mind, you know, there, there's nothing like uh, intellectually stimulating about it. I'm not saying I'm not meaning that as a pejorative, but oh my god, he's a big word. Write that down. Um, mark it in your calendar, people. Mark it in the calendar. Nick used a word with syllables, multiple syllables. Um, so, so, John, what did you think of the plot overall? I think with a little more effort, it could have been better, but at the same time, I, I don't think of this as a bad movie. I'll more than likely watch it again because I was entertained, but there were points like we had already discussed where I think a little more effort could have been put into it and it would have been better. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call this a bad movie though. No, I, I would watch a bad movie. Go see the flash. That's a bad movie. No, I, that actor is, Insane. I I don't. I won't isn't watch anything else he's in. Isn't he the one yeah, on the run from the law or something? He was. He had like some oh. sex cult going on. Which yeah, Ezra I don't Miller. know what his deal was, but he's a lunatic. 
Warner well, Brothers yeah. dropped him like a bad habit. But back to this movie, no, you're absolutely right. It's not a bad movie, is it? Yes. Is it the greatest thing since sliced bread? Absolutely not. I, There's a I lot was, of I was entertained, but I went yeah. into it with no expectations. Uh, I ignored what I have been reading online. Yeah. My interest was peaked, so I I watched it, and I didn't sit there trying to nitpick and criticize the movie all throughout. I sat right. there. I sat there, watched it. I enjoyed myself for a couple hours. I, I don't watch this movie for clicks like a lot of those people do. <laughs> John, I'm sure you're the same way. Um, some of their points were valid, but they let it disrupt them from just enjoying the damn movie. Yeah, I, 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 nothing I saw in the movie was so terrible that I would tell people not to watch it. No, I, I definitely support it. Say, give it a go. Um, and get ready for the second one because that they did everybody stay and watch the little trailer for the wasn't the next it one? April, April, like mid April. Like I didn't, 19th, I didn't I see the part you're talking about at the credits because my boss called me. Oh, that bastard! No, it was the missus. <laughs> oh, I mean, that lovely woman that supports you yes. in your artistic and creative endeavors. God bless her. I hope you did what yes. you asked. So I'll have to watch it again to see what you're talking about. But I oh, it's, think it's I great, saw... man, because we start seeing the general without an army start getting an army. See, I'm good. I was hoping he'd develop more. You know, with the townsfolk, and he's dressed uh, not in his military stuff that we we're, you know, his combat gear. Um, he's dressed like a local, and he's doing drills with the people, you know. Uh, it. it it showed a lot of potential of like what to look forward to. I'm like, okay, I kind of see, or I do see where the first one's going and where we're, when we pick up on um, chapter two, I don't remember what it's called. Um, we're probably going to be in for another visual treat and hopefully a little bit more uh, story development, a little bit more world building. I really want to know what the hell is with the, with Noble's robotic serpentine cyborg, bio lesson just bullshit that he has going on i have questions i want those answered (laughs) yeah space magic space magic put in a embryo sack yeah it was um that that had had some questions as i watched that i think some of the people that reviewed it badly had legitimate points i I think i watched after i watched a critical drinkers review and i thought yeah i mean he's not wrong and, and he's coming at it from a very artsy-fartsy kind of uptake on everything. But sometimes you can appreciate a B-movie as just a B-movie. And obviously at this yeah. budget, it wasn't a B-movie. But like I don't think everything has to be 100%. Like Everything no. isn't going to be the Lord of the Rings all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, not, not everything is going to be Avatar, the first one. Yeah, you know? so... Like, you got to enjoy the... I don't know. Um, I think this is a good movie films, that you just or... turn your brain off for a while. And enjoy the movie. Don't sit there movie. and try to criticize everything you see and try to nitpick on it. And I think you'll enjoy it just fine. Has, has yes. a critical drinker ever done a review of a movie he liked? No, he hates everything. Well, most critics do. They hate everything. I mean, at least he's like got a Scottish accent going on when he does his reviews. That helps. It's more entertaining. It makes it more entertaining. But it's weird for me. Like when I, I see you know, it doesn't matter if it's a movie, if it's a comic book or what, if critics say, Oh, this is terrible, this just sucks, oh don't waste your money, chances are I'm gonna enjoy it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not not to be belligerent, but it's just apparently my taste in movies is in entertainment in general. Is don't worry, John. Than... I'm working on belligerent right now. <laughs> you know, we were just talking about that, about you know the world of social media telling us don't watch this, don't watch that. It's horrible, and I've been avoiding it for well over a month or two now. But I finally sat down and watched the Barbie movie. <laughs> Despite everybody saying, oh, it's just all feminism and crush the patriarchy. And I was watching it. And I was like, that's not what I got. Oh, what I got from it. You didn't have to. <laughs> no, I'm speaking on your behalf. Because I refuse to watch that movie. And But that's, that's not what it was. But that's not why it I was. A, it was a toy for girls, so I don't have an interest in it, and I didn't sit there and try to nitpick on or bash it. But for me, I saw yeah. the trailers. It's like, well, it doesn't look like anything I I'm interested in. So I was like, well, leave it alone. Ken, the Kens take over Barbie Land. Because he goes to the real world and he goes in and meets a bunch of gym bros. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, with enough creatine, you can do a lot. Oh, hell yeah. Just sitting there watching it was like there was that girl power, but what it really came down to was Barbie becoming a regular-ass woman, like in her 30s, you know, cellulite and wrinkles and shit. I was like, this is not what everybody said it was. I'm not going to listen to them no more. So brings brings me back. Let me loop back. <laughs> it brings us back to even with the Rebel Moon, you know, everybody saying, oh, it's this, it's that. And I was like, I'm not even going to listen to that anymore because social media don't know what the hell they're talking about. So what she's yeah. telling you is don't listen to the other reviews, but listen to ours because we know. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're giving it praise and we're also shedding light into the, uh, I, the deficiencies yeah. of the film. I think we're giving think a very giving well it an honest, honest review, review. Yeah. and not not nitpicking it and going in with preconceived notions. You definitely see some of the, <laughs> the sword fight with the uh, nemesis and the spider, where I she gets stabbed, cool. stabbed in the hand. So I'm like, that was, oh, that was really cool machine because she got stabbed in the hand, and all you saw were sparks. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. They got robotic parts. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like that little bit of reveal. They didn't even make a big deal about it. They never come back to it. They just built to the world. So speaking of, what did you think overall of the world building of this movie? I think here is where it shined so well. It was so pretty. I, I like the fact that you had this overreaching government organization that had never been to that planet before. You know, there's planets that they haven't reached within their their uh, sphere of control. You know, it's definitely the whole universe felt like Rome at its decline, where like like they were technically part of the empire, but mm, like nobody's ever seen one. You right? Know, they've never You're come. They never visited. In. They were just kind of doing their thing. You still flew the flags, even though the emperor was gone and the Roman capital was gone and. Yeah, you know, 
not quite it's the Eastern the, Empire yet. It's now the Ottoman Empire. You know, it's not the Roman Empire. Anymore. Istanbul was Constantinople. You know, the whole thing. Um, but yeah, it definitely. Yeah, they were talking about it. They did. Uh, it definitely like the world building was where it shined. Parts of it were beautiful, but then you go to the bar scene and it was gritty. You go to her memories of the combat and it was dark and it was gritty. Like the the places where you needed it to look weather worn. Um, yeah, it looked lived in. It looked lived in, and the places where you wanted pretty, it showed you nature scenes that were out of this world. Literally. Oh yeah. So some good VFX artists on there. CGI was phenomenal. Overall, what did you think of the world building, John? He looks angry about it. No, no, I, I, I liked it. I struggle with tact, so I'm, I'm trying to be as tactful as I can. Here we go. Overall, I, I, I did like it, but I did, like we had mentioned earlier, I think some of the scenes looked a little too much like earth because it was all supposed to take place on foreign planets. But right. outside of little nit nitpicky stuff like that, I thought that it was still visually a very interesting movie. Okay. So the world building and cinematography played off each other and you thought it was good, but could have been better. Yeah. Yeah, m most of my qualms are like with the the story storytelling. Yeah, <coughs> I can see that. So, what were your thoughts on it overall? Like, if you're giving it a rating of you know zero to five stars, I guess grenades. I don't know. What are we doing? Bayonets? So blasters, blades? What? I'd give it a good four, four and a half grenades. Okay. Is it any anything I had to say? They said, like I said, it's not. I wouldn't can't. I wouldn't consider it a bad movie. Just a little bit of fine tuning, and I I think it'd be it it'd be just fine. Yeah. What about you, Stabby? Oh, hold on. So you can hear her beautiful. Yeah, too busy laughing at what you were saying. Um, <laughs> Um, visually, I think it was four out of five. We could have done a little bit better. We could have given it a purple sky or a purple moon or something yeah. just to make it a little bit more alien. Um, shoot, just, you know, you gave us the really big weird horse things. So why didn't you give us, you know, purple grain? Just something to kind of show that it wasn't earth um, outside of the animals. Other than that, I'd have to say it's a good start. It's a good start. I think it's a good place to start to build the world, to build the characters and really let us see how they shine in the next one and possibly the next one, depending on how far Zack Snyder wants to roll with it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say... Four out of five knives. <laughs> Four out of five knives. I think they need they need to definitely show us what they got in the next one. Let the characters do what the characters do. Don't kill everybody off in the first one. Like I was I, like after that little tussle, I was like, really? You're gonna take out that guy and that guy? Like 
One I get, but we're taking out. Yeah, two one of your best fighters you got rid of in the first fight. Yeah. And why'd you do Jack sturdy like that and make him a bad guy? Come on now. I do think I'm gonna watch this with sorry. Uh, this weekend. I like it. Give it a watch. Um, don't go into it. The one thing I will say is don't go into it with any expectations. That is the best way to watch that movie. If you're expecting Star Wars, you're not going to get Star Wars. If you're expecting, you know, um, Warhammer or John Carter or Firefly, you're that's not what you're getting. You're get, getting bits of them, but not that storyline. So go in with no expectations. Watch it with a clear mind and make your own decisions. But I found it just a fun movie to watch. It was fun. Normally, I, I play my tablet or my phone while we're watching movies, and my eyes occasionally come up to the screen, down, up, down. But this one, I put everything down, and I was like, okay, this is a fun movie. I can just concentrate on it. So. Okay. What about you, Nick? Uh, I'd say overall, I gave it a three and a half thermal detonators out of five. Since we're all going on some weird abstract scale. Um, my biggest issue is that I had high expectations of seeing a Zack Snyder movie. And then I got disappointed that I went in and saw a Zack Snyder movie. Um, so all the things that I don't like that Zack does in his movies were, were done. Um, but a lot of the things that he does well, he also did. So it was kind of a mixed bag for me. Um, don't listen to the hype. Go see it for yourself. It's, it's an entertaining movie. I mean, go in there with a bag of popcorn. Sit down, kick your feet up, get your your beverage of choice, and and see something visually stunning. That's that's very entertaining. Um, is it? I hope it gets better. I'm not saying that it's bad. I just hope it gets better because you're going to have a lot of questions in this movie, and there's a lot of setup. And if that sequel doesn't deliver on the things that it set up, I'm going to be pissed. Like we'll have a show where it's just me ranting and raving about the overall Rebel Moon saga. So we don't want that. All right, so we, we went from grenades to downgraded to stabbies, and then we went up to um, detonators. thermal detonators. So I guess in order to follow that trend, I have to go with space hippies and love because uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. Peace, love, man. Uh, we definitely we need got to figure out one way to I'm going to wear the little flower arrangement that Jimmy was wearing. And That's what I was going to say. He was kind of like horn. a space robot hippie. Yeah. And they were like peaceniks, which was kind of cool, like mourning their emperor, who yeah, wasn't such a good guy, but he made a good kid. So that created life. No, brought life back. Brought life back. That's what it was. Like I watched he that. Is, scene, you know, like, I don't know. I, I felt like this. Um, there was lots of wasted or missed opportunities, but given that there is a planned sequel, I will give them the benefit of the doubt. But like Nick, if they don't deliver on all the promises they made, uh, I'm going to be very upset. I feel like the universe they started building was almost too epic for the individual story. Yeah. It could have been done more. They could have done more with it. Um, I hope they do. Like, I'm, I'm definitely interested. Um, it was like a watered down in a good way in some respects Warhammer where everything was so ludicrous that it was just like, oh, we're at plaid speed. Um Ludicrous speed. You've gone plaid. Uh, and so I like I felt like there was a lot of, there's a lot of opportunities for them to either nail a like grand slam or swing and a miss. And it's all gonna depend on how the second movie comes out. No pressure, but 
overall, like it wasn't horrible. I'd watch it again, like John said. Um, I, I think some of the hype was overblown, but I do agree with Stabby that sometimes people's whole careers they have to say not uh, not nice things because if they ever like, yeah, it's a good movie, no one's gonna listen. I've noticed that ourselves when we had not nice things to say about Ahsoka, they they listened to that episode. When we raved about uh, Forbidden Planet, not so many views, and that's kind of a sad testament of affairs. But I don't want to be a negative Nelly, so I, I mean, don't. I'll start talking shit about beloved franchises if it gets us clicks. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that. That's a. Uh, if I agreed with it, I would. But like, yeah, but I'm not just going to talk smack just to talk smack. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's the, petty. The has some valid points, and. You know, and some of them I didn't agree with. So. I will say this, and that's something the vibe I got from the three of you as well. Part of the reason we nitpicked it to the degree that we did is because we all saw the potential of what could be. Mm-hmm. If it was just yeah. like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know there, there are bad movies where you just, yeah, it's okay, but you don't get too passionate because it's just a bad movie and it's the best it could be. But then when you see something that could have been more, that's, that's even more frustrating. I think. Yeah. So. Jim, uh, I had mentioned it to my, my wife that I was watching this movie today and I told her why. And apparently she had just added it to her her watch list. So from what she from what I understand, she wants to watch it too. So I, I'm probably gonna end another up watching it again this weekend. Nice. Yeah, give a couple of days in between viewings. Yeah, and I, I even I I put down my pencil for a while to watch this movie. So I, I was thoroughly entertained because normally I have something playing in the background while I'm drawing and I actually took a, took time off and, and focused on what was on the screen for once. Nice. It might be like Age of Adeline, the movie Age of Adeline. Then, to ask. She, then she'll get a kick out of this one because Gunner is the love interest and Age of Adeline. Well, I, I explained it to her where uh, so a lot of the reviews I had seen had compared it to like a Star Wars-ish kind of movie and like a Magnificent Seven or uh, the Seven Samurai kind of thing. She got the analogy and she seemed interested. So I was like, all right, well, let, let's see. So uh, when we watch part two, you can drag her on if you want to. We might not be good enough for the likes of her, though. So that's your call. Well, we'll see. <laughs> He's like, I haven't. We're, we're still vetting you guys. You three are crazy. Cray, <laughs> cray. Well, John, <laughs> me and John, we shared drinks at a bar in St. Augustine, Florida. Yeah. Not too long ago. So, yeah, he, he's, he already knows my look like crazy. Huh? What's that, but John? I don't, do that. I don't do that with just anybody. Yeah, no. Usually I, I vet my uh, my internet friends before I go and see them in person. They might seem normal online, but next you know you're <laughs> – you're stuffed in a trunk and you're never heard of again. <laughs> All right. So if, uh, if this episode amused you and John made you want to know more, uh, we will link to him in the show notes, but how do people find you online? Can you remind them? Seclusion studios on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm on blue sky as well. That's my my newest one. It's a new Thank thing. I haven't even got on that yet. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that one out. Okay. But, uh, I'm on Threads as well. 
I haven't even heard of all of these. Oh, uh, it, it's supposed to be like this week's version of Instagram. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Seclusion Studios or my name should come up for threads. Uh, Blue Sky for anyone that's on there. I am um, my name. Uh, but yeah, mo most of my correspondence is on Twitter or, or Facebook. And then I have a whopping one video on YouTube. So I'm trying to figure out what the heck to do with that. But uh, that's under my name as well for right now. Okay. And if you... Hold up. Honey, can you mute? Oh, you need me to mute? I need to talk for a second. All right, go. Because it's 2024. Nah, yeah. Yeah. Got a couple days. No, you're ruining the illusion that we didn't record this in advance. Filmed in front of a studio audience. <laughs> <laughs> Check the JR. Um, 2024, I am starting a Blasters and Blades behind the scenes shenanigans on TikTok. Oh. Yes. So you can, I'm going to start us a TikTok. It is going to be called Blasters and Blades, and it's going to be shenanigans at the house, shenanigans during podcasts, little snippets of the after show and i say little because sometimes y'all get gray gray up in here and i can't post that online i don't know what you're talking about lady uh, okay <laughs> but um i know that you know we have our bit shoot we have our rumble we have our facebook and our youtube and our twitters and our x's why not throw a little bit of fun to the um the tiktok way Nice, nice. And I have it on good authority if we're going to be watching some of the pre and post show uh, from, from federal agent Garber that if you say in Minecraft when you make threats, it doesn't count. So we're okay. We have violated no laws when we say that guy deserves a lead sandwich in Minecraft. In Minecraft. Uh, all right, all right, all right. So that'll be linked to the link tree as soon as it goes live. We totally are filming this in 2024. I don't care what they're saying. Wink, yeah, who wink. said that? Um, you can find us, dear listener, on our link tree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast. Again, link tree slash Blasters and Blades podcast, where we link to all the things, the bit shoots, the rumbles, the Twitters, the emails, the YouTubes. How do we forget the YouTubes? We can go to the Blasters and Blades Facebook group and Facebook page, and most importantly, Stabby Stabs, Instagram, Twitter, email, and now her TikTok. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Sure. And uh, season four, we are working on getting some guests. What? Did you see John Stabby Stab? No. It's one That's of straight, them. Straight up K-Bar, man. That's awesome. But we are going to be, uh, we call nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, She's doing happy <laughs> We are going to be doing some uh, some unique uh, outreach with some of the military influencers. So, like, I've reached out to Warhamster to see if she'll come on and talk, you know, what medicine looks like. Warhamster? Yeah, I can see if she answers. No. no. She would have to figure out a way to do her voice thing, though, on a live stream. Oh, because it's synthetic, right? 
Yeah, but I reached, I sent an email. I sent one out to the fat electrician. Um, we will out fat him though. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> I was speaking for myself. All right, look, I'm not pregnant. I'm just wearing maternity pants. Hey, it's never a work run the first time. That's right. But so starting to reach out to some of these other veteran kind of podcasts because uh, we'll, we'll talk about it in a few uh, later episodes. But we are teaming up with Three Ravens Publishing and doing some outreach with veterans charities um, and doing more with charities that do more than just raise awareness. They're breaching into branching out to veterans charities that actually try to help solve the problems. Because um, yeah. I think at this point in this day and age, like awareness has been raised. It's time for those charities to step up and do more. Yeah, or do anything. Or do anything besides 21 push-ups or whatever they're doing, which you're like, hey, more power to you. Like there's there's a huge obesity crisis in the veterans community. It's like they give up on life for, you know, the long, slow suicide of gluttony. I get it. Like you've been dark places. Veterans against things. man breasts. That's what the push-ups are about. Veterans against man breasts. I, I could get behind that. You know, no, just say no to man boobs. Say no to he hooters. Um, but with that being said, that's where you can find us. You can support us over on our website at anchor.fm slash blasters tack and tech blades, where for as little as 99 cents a month, you can help keep the lights on again. Anchor.fm slash blasters tech and tech blades, or you can support the show more directly at buymeacoffee.com slash author JR Hanley. Again, buymeacoffee.com slash author JR Hanley. Be sure to put in the comment section that it is for the podcast, and I'll promise I will keep my co host as caffeinated as I was today. Today, I'm not sure that was legally possible. I mean, look, all right, I'm just saying they'll have a medical legale, illegale, irrelevante. <laughs> It'll be like, there'll be doctors on standby, paddles at the ready. We got this. Ooh, I'm going to give you an Australian ID. It could be awesome. I want to have a pot of coffee and a monster today. Like, what's your issue? Well, you, I'm not going to say it. I, I run I, on caffeine. I had a lot more than that. I'm just saying. Oh. Well, I had to show you guys. Got this nifty little mug. Oh, let's give you solo screen. Oh, look who got an exit C mug. Yeah, I got my oh, fancy nice. stuff now. I got a t-shirt oh, too. Fancy. Yeah, I uh my, my lovely missus made that for me. So that's roughly what? two cups of coffee that you can fit oh, in yeah. there. I, I want this one. So I usually have one of those and a bang in the afternoon. I want this on well, a tumbler. Uh oh, not that kind of bang. Never mind. No, no, the energy drink, JR, the one that'll yes. guarantee a felony by 1500 Yeah, we're, we're pretty much married, so we don't, we don't do that other stuff anymore. I'm pretty sure if you contact her, she can do that because I, uh, we got to scan we, it. Yeah, yeah. We all we did was she used one of the pages that I scanned and made that one of my Christmas presents. Honey, some etiquette. You're bending it. I have, uh, I, I have, a, I have a T-shirt too, but I have to get it. Nice. And uh, if get you it. want to be short, it on its Twitter. If you want to be as caffeinated as me, and uh, we we take no responsibility for your exploding heart, people. But if and you, want you to, have no regard for your cardiovascular health, I mean, you know, you only live once, right? 
live hard, die fast, and leave a beautiful. No, you live every day. You die once. That's it. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was you trying live to live every day. Oh, and you just ruined it. <laughs> you ruined my attempt to sound cool and moto as a fat old dude. But what else? Oh, I'm such a dick. This is my title, y'all. Hold on, hold on. Chaos coordinator. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if Nick is ever nice to me, uh, I'm looking over my shoulder and starting to wonder what he's plotting. That's all I'm saying. Probably a, a really cool party. Sure. With hookers and blackjack. And, and, and lead therapy at a distance, you know. But who's counting? Oh, yeah. Range time? When you want to Range reach therapy? out and touch someone. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but Stabby, uh, for those that want to try to get as caffeinated as we do, can you tell them a little bit about your love of caffe uh, coffee brand coffee today? You're muted. So you guys <laughs> need to go check out Coffee Brand Coffee. It is made right here in the U.S. of A. They have some amazing flavors. They have strawberry and cream, orange creamsicle, bourbon flavored coffee. They also sell teas, snacks, and hot cocos, as well as some awesome swag. I love my Coffee Brand Coffee mug, as well as um, my travel one. My or tumbler. My tumbler, which I just said like eight times when I wanted the other thing on it. Anyways, but um they also have what's called the roaster's choice. And the roaster's choice has to be one of my favorite parts of it. Because so I can, you know, order my blueberry, order his bourbon flavored one, um, get all the new tasty flavors like the peppermint mocha co hot cocoa. Um, but if you hit the roaster choice button. They send you a coffee that they choose, that they love, and it comes whole beans, so you get to grind up your own coffee, you get to smell the amazing aromas, and then you get that awesome, they do smell amazing. awesome coffee. It's like, it will smell up your whole house. It will smell like this coffee. And I don't use, like, special coffee pots or anything. I have a Mr. Coffee with an on and off button. So, but... I am in love with it. I am currently on a bag of, I have the sticky pecan roll, and then I have the roaster's choice, which they sent me. I believe it's an Argentina coffee. What? And it smells so good when it brews in the morning. So I got uh, some of the hot chocolate. It was pretty good. The marshmallow hot chocolate. Um, I did get some of the toffee nut for family as Christmas stocking stuffers, which they loved. They loved it so much they didn't share, which is both rude and a good sign, um, but still rude if you're listening. Um, and I know they are rude. Um, rude. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Not that I'm bitter because they made me watch the all of it. Um, I do think they're getting rid of the teas, though. They said that might happen in 2024. Did you see that they do saltwater taffy too? Yeah, but I live in the beach on the East Coast, so saltwater taffy is just like any store you go into locally. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's different because it's made in the middle of the nation of America, so they salt it with America. America. I don't know, but I mean, it is if you're an American citizen listening, and most of our audience is, it is made local for you, so that's a cool thing. Um, with that being said, uh, Podcast Grunts is the code. Follow the link in the show notes. You will get a 10% discount. And who doesn't love 10% off? Uh, and when you do, we get a fraction of that as a kickback, and they help defray the cost. Um, so far, we have earned enough that we can pay for 15 minutes of our um, 
our stream yards, which we record with. So Yay. thank you. Uh, that's like a fraction of one episode, but we'll take it because why not? It's money. We we a win's a win, man. That's right. Take the W, JR. Take the W. That's right. Even if w. it's a T-ball W, I'll still take it. Hey, um, win is winning. Like the fact that I just nailed it out of the park, beating those little kids. Oh, well, I still won. I should have trained harder. They should have trained harder. <laughs> this is why we're friends, Nick. Can't oh, take absolutely. you guys anywhere, not even onto the podcast. Jokes <laughs> on you. Most places won't take us. Yeah, I know. Which is why we have our own. At podcast. least I'm house broken. Are you? Are you really? I mean, yeah. I mean, are you really in the garage? It's part of the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the holodeck of the spaceship. Ooh, holodeck. <laughs> what if? What if Cora wakes up and this was all a holodeck dream and she's on board? I will little... kick a puppy, JR. <laughs> live on this show. No, it won't. We only have ours. I will eat that dude through the uprates of the door frame. If you guys want to meet a new puppy tomorrow, I have a puppy I will be babysitting named Apollo. You should put that on the TikTok shenanigans. TikTokers will like it. That's what the cool TikTokers. kids call it, right? TikTokers. They be talking. Talkers. About the tick oh, They don't say the tick part anymore. Do they not? We're in I'm going to stop. I'm going to help. All right. With that being said, thank you. Debbie, thank you for spending some of your precious time with us. For the aforementioned crazy co-host, I am J.R. Hanley, and this was the Blasters and Blades podcast. We'll be back next week. Maybe not as caffeinated. Who knows? It's a roll of the dice. We don't know. But we're going to indulge our love of nerd culture, cheesy jokes, and all things that go boom shakalaka. And with that, I'm going to hit the end button. And man, I think I need more coffee.